if you read further in 2 Corinthians, right through to the end of chapter 11, and even into chapter 12, you'll find that Paul goes on uh, boasting uh, about things in a certain way. And uh, that quotation in verse uh, 17, but let him who boast, boast, him, him, him who boasts, boast in the Lord, is taken from Jeremiah chapter 9. And that's where our text is from today. Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. So we're going to focus on Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. When you apply for a job, you have to sell yourself, don't you? You know, the, the job criteria will say you have to have this much experience, you have to have these particular uh, skills. Uh, sometimes uh, character qualities will come into it. And you have to sell yourself. You get to the interview stage and uh, you have to be positive. You have to demonstrate that you know your stuff. The last thing you want to do is leave a bad impression on the person or people interviewing you. Um, you want them to know and you truly want to be uh, a hard-working, capable person who can do the job. And when we think about that, we don't think about that as boasting, do we? You know, it's, it's fine to to give a good account of yourself for information in that particular context. But we all know how easily talking about ourselves can cross the line into boasting. We, always, we can sense when someone is boasting, even when they're maybe fishing for compliments by talking about saying the negative, you know. Um, and that kind of boasting leaves a really bad taste in our mouths. When we start reading what the Bible says about boasting, then I think we're in for some surprises. There is certainly bad boasting in the Bible, but there also seems to be a good kind of boasting. Bad boasting is found all the way through. Just two examples. Proverbs 27 verse 1. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. James 4.16 As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. And that's just a couple of samples. The Bible certainly condemns foolish boasting and pride. But there's also a good sense of boasting in the Bible. Uh, Philip has read some of that to us today from 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and uh, just listen to what Paul does in another place, in 1 Corinthians 9. He says this, The Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rights. 
I'm not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. I would rather die than have anyone deprive me of this boast. See what Paul is saying? Paul, Paul knows that it's right for those who preach the gospel to receive their living from the gospel, but he's not done so and he would rather die than not be able to boast about the fact that he hasn't taken his living from preaching the gospel. At least not from the Corinthians from whom he's writing to. In the Bible there are these two kinds of boasting. There's evil boasting, a kind that we know all too well. But there's also godly boasting. There's a kind of boasting that can be done by a humble person. Can, can a humble person really boast? Yes, according to the Bible. How is that possible? Well, I think our text in Jeremiah chapter 9 is going to help us to understand how that's possible. These two kinds of boasting, evil boasting and godly boasting, are also found in this text. This is what the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. But let him who boasts boast, in the Lord, boast about this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. Bad boasting is boasting about wisdom, riches and strength. Good boasting is boasting that you know the Lord, that he delights in kindness, justice and righteousness. Now in order to open this up, I'd like to use two statements. The first statement is this. Don't boast about the kinds of things that draw attention to your own success. Pretty straightforward. It's what we expect. The first statement is straightforward. The second statement will be, uh, will be surprising and I think intriguing. If you're a wise person, don't boast about your wisdom. If you're strong, don't boast about your strength. If you're rich, don't boast about your riches. We understand that. We feel it, it grates us when people do these things. And it's all through the Bible. It's no good to trust and boast about wisdom, for example. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 116. I've experienced much of wisdom and knowledge, but I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Riches and strength are the same. Uh, strength fades away as you get older. Riches, well, you can, you can accumulate them, but they can just disappear in a snap and you certainly can't take it with you. How foolish to boast in wisdom, strength or riches. It's foolish, but we all do it, don't we? We all boast about our wisdom, our cleverness. Maybe we don't say, I'm really smart, but we want people to know that there are things that we are good at. If you're a plumber or a mother with young children or a computer expert or a Bible teacher, whatever you are, 
when you can explain your area of expertise, you feel good because you want people to know that you are wise and clever in these things. We all boast about our riches. Maybe you don't say, you know, maybe you don't talk about money particularly. It's, it's a bit vulgar to talk about what you earn. Uh, but we love to read about it. I read in the Weekend Australian magazine yesterday that Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy, has been working for six years and is worth $7 billion. That's the kind of thing that people love to read about. And we can't wait to show people our new camera, the, uh, the accumulation of uh, books or DVDs or CDs or the flash car that we can afford. We love people to know how generous we are when we give things away. We all boast about our strength. Maybe we can't all bench press 100 kilos. But there are lots of ways of being strong. And uh, we want people to know what we're good at. Even if maybe what we're good at is being humble. In one way or other, we all boast about something. And that is not actually a bad thing. Human beings are made to boast. We are made in God's image. And God often draws attention to his own glory, his own power, the greatness of his love and grace. God draws attention to his own greatness. And we human beings who are made in God's image, we are made to do the same thing. We don't want to live puny lives. We don't want to mean nothing, do we? As human beings, we need to be involved in something that's bigger than ourselves. We need to be able to uh, make a contribution towards something worthwhile. We need to find some glory. We need to find something significant. We need to be able to boast about something. Don't we? It's true, isn't it? We don't want to live our lives just in a meaningless way. And that's not wrong in itself. It's the way that God made us. The, the really tragic thing, the tragic thing is that most of us take our need to boast about something and we boast in the wrong kinds of things. Riches. Wisdom. Or strength. We all do it. But if you stand back and you think about it, what a foolish thing to do. Who has any wisdom compared to the Lord? Who is as strong as the Lord? Who has any riches compared to what God owns? When you see how puny you are before God, then what is there to boast about? And this is not only in Scripture, it's our experience, it's, it's out there. We, we know, we, we hate boasting. It's what we expect, it's what we all know. Don't boast about the kinds of things that draw attention to your own success.
But all of us, deep down, have this desire. How wonderful it would be to be able to boast legitimately about something truly great, something that goes beyond the, the fleeting benefits of wisdom, riches, and strength. It's what we need as human beings. We're made in God's image. It's what we're made for. We need something big, significant, glorious to take glory in, to boast about. We can't seem to satisfy that need ourselves, can we? Try as we might. Whatever we achieve, we can't satisfy that need. God must satisfy that need. The psalmist says to God, apart from you, I have no good thing. Jesus Christ says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, you have nothing good. Apart from God, you can do nothing good. God must satisfy our need to be able to boast about something. And so the passage in Jeremiah 9 goes on to speak about godly boasting, about right and proper boasting. Let him who boasts boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. So our, our first statement was, don't boast about the kinds of things that draw attention to your own success. Now the second statement is not straightforward. It's, I think it's intriguing and surprising. What should we boast in? Here's our second statement. We should, we must boast about ourselves in a way that highlights the Lord and what he has done and is doing and will do on the earth. Now, we are talking about boasting. I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, redefine boasting. I'm not trying to spiritualize boasting. Boasting is drawing attention to yourself. It is boasting. But this kind of boasting draws attention to yourself in a special way. It's boasting in a way that actually ends up diverting attention to the Lord, from you to God. This kind of boasting is the fine art of talking about yourself and big noting God and what he does and who he is. And you might think, well, that's, that's impossible. You can't do that. Well, it actually is possible. Uh, Paul does it. And I'd just like to show you another example of how Paul does it. Uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, he says, he says to the, his friends in Thessalonica, For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory our boast and our joy. Paul says that the Thessalonians are his hope, his joy, his crown in which he will glory 
that he will boast about. The Lord's work in the Thessalonians is what crowns Paul's work. When Jesus Christ returns, just imagine it, when Jesus Christ returns, Paul wants to be able to look around at all the people who are gathered and pick out the Thessalonians and say, ha, there they are, fantastic. They are here because of my work, because of God's work through me. His ministry only makes sense as people are coming to believe in Christ. To, to, to believe in Christ. Now, is Paul boasting? Well, yes, he is. In a very real sense, he is glorying in the Thessalonians. They, they crown his work. But is he big noting himself? Well, he's not, is he? He's big noting God. God has done this work through him. You may think, well, that's okay for Paul. And maybe it's okay for people who are involved in ministry, you know, Christian workers. But what about people like me who are not involved in ministry? Well, we're all involved in ministry in some way, or we all should be involved in ministry in some way. We should be doing all we do for God. Our lives should be always more than just going through the motions. It, it's, a, it's a way of thinking about everything you do. And, and I just, I'd like to explain that by just taking an everyday example. Suppose you are an electrician rewiring an old house. Now, you might actually not be that. You might be a mother with young children at home. You might be an administrator looking after the office. You might be a retired person who goes out and visits people. Uh, you might be a teacher. Whatever you are, just fill in the slot. But I'll take this example of an electrician wiring the old house. There's an electrician rewiring an old house to make it safe and comfortable for the owner. Now, where, where does your skill come from? Well, you've studied. You've done hard work to gain the skill of rewiring a house. But uh, where does your intelligence to do that study come from? And where has the opportunity to do that study come from? Well, it's all come from God, hasn't it? From Him are all things. And through Him are all things. Why is your heart beating today? Why are you able to breathe today? Why are your wife and children alive today? Why? When you pick up your tools, why don't they just fall apart when you pick them up? It's because God is sustaining you and everything else. For through him are all things. And to him are all things. This work of rewiring the old house and making it safe and comfortable for the owner. Who deserves the glory for that? Do you? Yes, you do, because you did the work. You can boast in that. But ultimately, the glory 
for this everyday task belongs to God. He makes it all possible. He gives you everything you need to do it. He gives you the energy and the insight that you need. And ultimately, to him is the glory. To him are all things. Now, I suppose you take that kind of mindset to your job of rewiring that old house. Will you be able to enjoy your work? Will you be able to boast about the work that you've done when you're finished? Yes, you will. You have done something good. But what will your boasting be like? What kind of boasting will you do? Will you boast about it in such a way that draws attention to your own skill and, and ability? Not if you remember God's involvement. Not if you take seriously God's involvement. Not if you remember that apart from God you have no good thing. Not if you remember that apart from Jesus Christ you can do nothing that's worthwhile. The glory will be deflected to God. Yes, I did a good job. I'm pleased with it. I'm proud of the job I did. But don't thank me. Thank the Lord. For He is the source and the goal of everything. Now, I'll just give one example. You know, one small everyday thing. Suppose you take that kind of attitude to everything you do. You will really, you will truly be able to enjoy what you do. You will be able to boast in what you achieve. But in such a way that the glory won't rest with you. It will be deflected to God. We're talking about a God-oriented life. The kind of life that Jeremiah speaks of. Let him who boasts, boasts about this. That he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. God exercises kindness, justice and righteousness. He delights in kindness, righteousness and justice. But what's that got to do with rewiring an old house? Well, it actually has everything to do with rewiring an old house. God is at work in you as you rewire that old house or as you um, look after your children or visit your neighbours or defend that person in court or write that computer program or He's providing everything you need. He is the goal. He is the one who receives glory through your work in the end. We, we, I think, I think we, 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 we imagine that things like kindness and justice and righteousness are kind of abstract qualities of God, you know, that, that sit up there somewhere and, and maybe they're even for the high flyers, but they don't down to everyday life and they do God says that he does these things on the earth he says in the text God is kind and just and right 
in the way he enables you to rewire that old house. And he is delighted when you are kind and just and right as you rewire that old house. And you can legitimately boast about that work, about what you have achieved, as long as you boast in a way that draws attention to God's involvement, to God's provision in that job and in everything else you do. If you take that kind of attitude to everything you do, it's going to change the way you succeed and it's going to change the way you fail. It will change the way you succeed. When you succeed and do a good job, you won't become proud, self-satisfied, self-focused, because God has been at work in and through you. And maybe more important, it'll change the way you fail. When you fail, when things do not work out, you will not become demoralized. You will not push yourself down into the mud because ultimately it's not about you. It's about God. It is the, and I, I deliberately call it a fine art, it is the fine art of boasting about yourself in a way that deflects all the glory to God. It's a fine art. It's not easy because our sinful, our sinful selfishness gets in the way all the time. You know, some, some, someone, uh, something goes really well and people are helped by it. And afterwards someone says, hey, that was really great. Thank you for doing that. You should not say, ah, oh, it was nothing. It was not nothing. It was something. God worked in you. You can't undervalue what you did. You can't downplay what God did through you by saying it was nothing. But neither should you take all the glory for yourself. You know, ah, well, of course it was good. Things I do are always good. I'll chalk this up as just another good thing that I've done, this whole line of good things that I always do. Thank you for that. Now, now you won't actually say those words, of course. But that's what you want to say, that's what you want to feel, and that's what you want people to feel about you. Instead of those two extremes, you will enjoy your success and you will find a way of deflecting the glory to God. Can you imagine the kind of life, the kind of freedom that that gives you if you take this attitude? You're not going to worry anymore about impressing people. The things this world offers, strength, Riches, wisdom, they will pale into insignificance compared to the wisdom, the strength, and the riches of God. And that He is always kind and just and right in everything He does. It will give you an astoundingly rich view of all that God does in you. You will say with Paul, I count everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. You know, you will be so taken up with the love of Christ that the things that the world values, wisdom, success, and wisdom, riches, and strength, 
they will just seem like rubbish compared to the surpassing greatness of Jesus Christ. Now, this is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I find it really hard. I am still an insecure sinner. But as, as I and as all of us learn the fine art of deflecting praise and glory to God, then we will be able to enjoy our success, assess it properly, boast about it, but always to God's praise and God's glory. That's what Paul found. When he, came, when he came to the end of his letter to the Galatians, he came to the same conclusion. He said, May I never boast except in the cross of Christ, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the work of Jesus Christ so impress you, may it so fill you and change you that you learn how to boast to his glory. Shall we pray? Our Father in heaven, we are such glory thieves. We want to take glory for our own work. We want to enjoy it for ourselves. But we know that in the end that will be impossible because all the glory belongs to you. We pray that you would help us to grow in the fine art of deflecting praise to you. Help us to understand that the very best things we do are done by your enabling. They are your gift to us. You deserve the glory for them and things that we do apart from you are ultimately worth nothing. Thank you that we can enjoy our work. We can enjoy the things that go well. But we pray that you would make it obvious to people around us that we wish to bring you glory and praise in all we do. You know that we are self-seeking people by nature, but you do not give up on us. And we pray that you would continue to change us so that you would receive the glory in all we do. Teach us how to boast in the Lord and not in our own achievements. Help us to recognize that our own achievements are worthless unless you are at work through them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.